everybody, welcome to another episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. Welcome to the 20th episode of Every Marvel Movie Ever. We did it. Yeah. Yay. I mean, we're gonna do it even if nobody watched, but... Yeah, but you know, we we did it anyway. Uh, I am your host, Gabe Thomas, with me as always is your co-host, Francisco, I'll call it. And today we're going to be talking about Gilmiro del Toro's Blade 2. This movie's giving me a fucking headache because I cannot decide how I feel about it. We were both big fans of the first one, and I've I've told you not to tell me what you think of this one up mm-hmm. to this point. And so now I, I'm ready for the grand reveal. What do you think of Blade 2? Uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than the first one. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I th- All right. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have some different opinions here for I, once <laughs> yeah i think this movie I'll, i will start with a compliment <laughs> blade 2 has incredible action the action in this movie is fucking wonderful it actually looks like they had an action like choreographer well they did they had once. they had four <laughs> one of them was okay. is wesley snipes actually really and another one is donnie yen who is a very famous martial artist he's in all the Ip man movies he's in fucking star wars rogue one <laughs> like so i want to force the forces with me do you know if Wesley Snipes did his own stunts in this? Yeah, I think he usually does. And right off the bat, there's that s- opening action scene, and, like, the effect, like, the skeleton effects are better. Like, the, all the stuff is better, like, immediately. And I was like, this is going to be so fucking cool. And then some other stuff happened. Lock up your daughters, boys and girls. The Dark Knight returns. Directed by Guillermo del Toro, who, of course, you know, Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, Shape of Water. All sorts of stuff. I think at this point he'd only done Mimic and uh, Kronos. But yeah, uh, written again by our best friend David Escalier. <laughs> and uh, released on March 22nd of 2002 with a budget of $54 million, uh, box office of $155 million. So it did better than the first one and it had a bigger budget than the first one. I really don't know where to start with this movie. Right off the bat, I want to say that the CGI in this movie is awful. <laughs> but some of it is better. No, like some of it is better, but... In the action scenes, you can really tell there's, what's actual people and what's CG. There's two moments in particular. The first one is um that f- sword fight he has in his like in the hideout. Fight. Yeah, yeah. And it sometimes it looks really good, and then it goes to this weird shot where it's two bouncy CGI people fighting, and it's disgusting. Yeah, they look like extra rubbery. It's so gross. Like looking. the the two parts that come to mind are like that. And like the very end. Exactly, yeah. That was the other one I was gonna talk about. They just look so gross and like it looks like it goes from like actual people to like early Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like, yeah, like more, like Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's so jarring because like I said right off the bat, so much of the action is so good and then you have, and then you have these <laughs> moments of awful bouncing off the walls yeah <laughs> what I'll, what i'll say about this is the first one is 1998 the second one is 2002 something big happened in the middle there and that thing is called the matrix and you can tell that this is post matrix oh, because yeah. it, the action is much better like action in general gets a lot better because that movie really changed how choreography is done and how you shoot action sequences for the better the first one's action is fun but it's kind of clunky yeah this I, one is worked. a lot smoother. it did its job <laughs> yeah it did like, there's nothing really bad about it it was just no kinda... but this one is much smoother it looks much better i love the opening action scene actually that's that's might be one of my favorites in the whole movie is just that bit with the motorcycles and he does the ridiculous like i 
didn't re- I don't remember a thing about this movie. Go- going into it, all I remembered was like the opening at the Blood Bank and Norman Reedus. <laughs> Those are the only yeah, two things. Yeah, I I couldn't tell that that was Norman Reedus. You at couldn't first. tell. No, it looks exactly. I mean, when they first show him, like half of his face is covered in oh, like man. in like no, shadows. The second and, like, I saw him, I was like, "Fucking goddamn it!" And, I um, I didn't Norman believe that it was Reedus. him. And then like he was finally like fully like in light, and I was like, "Oh god!" <laughs> yeah, he plays Scud. Yeah, that's his fucking. Name. Isn't that the name of the dog in Toy Story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... Sure's a hairy fella. No, no, that's Scud, you idiot. That is Zid. <laughs> also, I think that's a reference to Scud the Disposable Assassin, which is like it's a weird image comic series from the '90s. So if that's a reference, there you go. Yeah, he's the worst part of the movie. He's awful. Tell me something, Skid. No, man, it's Scud. Scud, like Stud. Scud. Whatever. A little he's bit. He's supposed to be... And you know what? I will say this about Guillermo del Toro movies. He does this a lot. He does this in Hellboy. It's like this periphery, every guy character that he inserts into, the, into like the, the weird creature-filled world. Because there's this like FBI agent in Hellboy who serves the same function, which is to be like your window in. But the first movie didn't have a, a window in, and it, it was didn't fine. Need one. It, yeah, it's, this movie didn't need one either. No, it, exactly, and it's weird to do that in the second movie because the second Hellboy lets go of that, but this is like reversed. Yeah, and I don't really like that trope of. Also, really gross about this character is he smokes weed while eating glazed donuts and that's yeah. that's just a terrible yeah, combination like that made me gag yeah like, that just sounds awful <laughs> well every fucking word out of his mouth made me gag and the fact that he won't stop calling blade b <laughs> you hear that b she's disappointed come on b show her was that like the cool thing to do in i 2002? guess was the cool thing in 2002 also to have like a half hip-hop half electronica soundtrack i think so Where it's in like it, every action it's, movie it's in spawn is the other big one that i can think of in like um uh, i don't remember what the other one i'm thinking of is uh judgment night i think those two they're like it's like oh you got dr dre but then you also have like fucking i don't know bland electronic music. it doesn't matter because there's no electronic artist because it's yeah. brow, 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 and Cause that's it's a it. computer <laughs> Blade, we constantly talked about how that's the ultimate like 90s movie, but this is so clearly 2002 specifically. (laughs) It's like, I'm not getting too creepy here, but there's no Marvel movie in 2001. (laughs) They They took a little break. I don't know what happened, but they took a gap year there, and... The difference between the feel of X-Men and the feel of Blade 2... Blade 2 kind of feels like it's trying to have more forced fun in a weird way, but also it seems really angry at, like, authority, and that's why these kind of soundtracks and stuff happen. It's just because it's, like, it's weird anti-establishment, but not, like... Like, 2000 anti-establishment is, like, oh, anti-gun control. But 2002 is, like... There's that weird moment when Ron Perlman, who I guess is kind of the main bad guy in a weird way. Kind uh, of? There wasn't really a main bad guy until there's like a the couple. last half an there's hour. There's a couple, yeah, exactly. Uh, and spoiler alert, yeah, uh, he's the bad guy. The guy who constantly was t- trying to kill Blade, he turned out to be the bad guy. Yeah, um, sure, big, big reveal. But there's that weird moment where he re- is reintroduced to Blade and he's like, oh, you know what they say about you daywalkers or whatever. And you're like, oh, this is going to be some, like, anti-vampire thing. And then he makes a race, like, a racial comment. Can you blush? Uh-oh. Here we go, Poppy. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Well, apparently that character's supposed to be, like, a Nazi. <laughs> what? 
again, Hellboy, the villains in Hellboy are Nazis, so there's there's lots of pre-Hellboy in this. And I'm a huge fan of pretty much everything else Guillermo del Toro has done. But it's you see these recycling of themes, because Hellboy's only two years after this, and obviously, you know, it's not just the creature effects and the being based on a comic book. It's like, there's a lot of carryover. But that is a really odd moment to me, is that one moment of race. Because there's nothing about race in any <laughs> yeah, of like the one time. these other movies. And even then, I forgot it was in there. Like, it just, like, went <laughs> yeah. right past. Well, I was actually watching this with my, with my dad. He made it about 20 minutes and fell asleep. So that's probably <laughs> a testament to something. But, yeah, we were both taken aback by that because it's so unexpected because the only tension you would expect is between like vampire and daywalker not a, w- a white nazi against a, <laughs> a black man it's it's very odd and uncomfortable <laughs> yeah i mean as nazi scenes often are but there's nothing in this movie to indicate he's a nazi that's like yeah that's something wh- i read that's why i was so surprised it like, might not even be true but if that's true that's i don't know weird. what that says also that's about, really out of place uh, the, well with the 9-11 thing i was trying to make is like a weird attitude towards like foreign stuff because there's that's the only reason for that is like this american man and then this other american but since he's different there's that weird ten- it's, it's just odd and it's odd that 2001 is like the one year where there's no superhero movie and then 2002 the first one to come out post 9-11 is there's a weird racial attack in it like i don't know i found i thought that was an interesting like what what are we trying to do here <laughs> what's going on but I'm probably reading too far into that, but, you know... You definitely I, are. I, I don't think, I don't I don't think, think there's been a single episode where I haven't read into something. Yeah, probably not. I, the worst thing about Blade 2 is the story. It's not good. It's really confusing, and it's really kind of stilted. And so is the dialogue. It's all the writing in this. It's, it took a massive dive, I think. The first one is pretty straightforward. There's this guy, he's hunting vampires... He has a vampire hunter father figure, took him in. Uh, There's this periphery nurse character who was working her day job 9 to 5, but now... Working 9 to 5! She's with Blade, and she was bit by a vampire, and so they're all teaming up to take down the vampire threat, take down the vampire god who wants to take over the world. That's not that hard. Three people, vampire god, that's it. This is like... There's vampires, but there's also daywalkers, but there's also these guys called reapers, and their faces open up, and those guys are vampires, but something about blood transfusion changed them, and Blade, who's not a vampire, he's a daywalker, so he's half-vampire, because his mother was bitten by a vampire before he was born, he teams up with the real vampires, but the real vampires have met him before, and those real vampires aren't just real vampires, but the real vampires who were trained to take down Blade, but now that they're teaming up with Blade, the vampires and Blade and his two non-vampire pals, they have to go take down all the reapers, but the reapers are being controlled by a guy who looks like fucking Count Orlock from Nosferatu, and he's like, one of the Reapers is his kid, but also one of the vampires with Blade is his kid, and so there's that weird alliance thing. I think the thing, Reaper thing is like the, kid, it's not like actual. You don't think this is actual son? No, I don't think I so. I thought that was supposed to be like the brother of, of the vampire chick that Blade hangs out with. I don't think so. Okay, well then, if that's not a real relationship, doesn't make anything less confusing, because the Nosferatu guy has a weird lawyer friend, and at the end of the movie, all the vampires who should have been against Blade from the start actually turn on Blade, and they, like, crucify him and drain his blood so they can make other Blade-like Daywalker Reaper vampire things, 
and I don't know where the lawyer guy factors into it, but also the whole time, the whole time Norman Reedus was actually against Blade, but everybody else was against Blade, and then he blows up, because there's a bomb in the back of Ron Perlman's head, but the bomb wasn't a real bomb, but actually was a real bomb, but Norman Reedus didn't know it was a real bomb, even though he engineered the bomb, and so then he explodes, and then the movie ends, because the vampire chick, like, melts in the sunlight, and that's it, and there's a weird fight, and it looks like the mummy returns. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's come a long way from three vampires against a vampire. <laughs> in about a, in one movie. In one movie. <laughs> Blade Trinity next week. Uh, not next week. So, no, not next week. In like a couple weeks. But Blade Trinity is the next installment. You know what I did last night? There's that Blade TV show. Do you know what that? I did not know about it's that. It's like, a, it's in the same universe as the movies. It was like straight to Spike in 2006 and there were like 12 That's episodes. Great. I watched the first episode last night and it was weird. And <laughs> like, obviously it's not Wesley Snipes, it's Sticky Fingers, who's like a <laughs> hip hop artist from the 2006. Oh God. So that's that's the thing I watched. I don't, I just wanted to bring that up. You want to do a mini review of that right now? Uh, you know, once I watch the other eleven episodes, I'll let you know. But uh, you liked it. That's good. You liked it more. I mean, not by a lot. Mm-hmm. I just it was entertaining. Well, you know, most people <laughs> like it more. I think this one is usually more better regarded. Also, it isn't from the director of League of Extraordinary. Yeah, Gentlemen. I think I do agree that like this the story is like completely fucked. Yeah. But, like, there's not really a reason to, like, follow it very closely. No. Like, you don't really need to. You it's, just kind of... It's a vessel for the action. Yeah, this is kind of just a movie that you can, like, turn your brain off and just kind of watch it. It is. I think that's why I liked it. <laughs> I think the first one's like that, too, but there isn't as much... I, as Joe Bob Briggs says, there isn't enough plot to get in the way of the story. Like, there isn't too much stuff going on. Yeah, I think, just... I think the first one is simple enough where, like you could still follow it and like it doesn't take very much like thinking to follow this, it this is but this one is just too complicated so you just yeah. kind of like ig- start ignoring it it's a lot heavier on the lore i think i don't i think it's actually shorter than the first one but i don't know there's just the first one feels a lot quicker like it feels a lot breezier like you just pop that on it's just action after action and this is action sequence after action sequence but when there's those little scenes in between it's kind of like what are we what are we doing here where in the first one i don't mind those scenes because I talked a lot last week about how those little character moments are my favorite moments, but then in this movie, yeah, that is not none. true. There's nothing. And the character moments we do get are weird and racist. So Or it's... between characters that die immediately after. Yeah. Can we talk about the team of vampires that's just fucking cannon fodder? All of those people are lined up to be murdered. That's yeah, all. That's all they're there for. Betray Blade I don't think... and, line... and die. I don't think any of them really have any lines, and when they do, it's in a foreign language. Yeah, which, <laughs> so... you know, most of them don't probably speak English. I know Donnie Yen definitely doesn't because he's not. He's from Hong Kong, and that's fine. But, you know, I wish that they were still characters. You can have them speak in different languages. You can have them speak in a vampire language that's a made-up language that all of them could just You gave speak. them all, like, designs at least. Yeah. Like, they all look really different different like there was thought put into who they are but speaking but... Of, speaking of the matrix there's a scene in the matrix where neo like meets the team it's like this is tank this is cypher this is this guy this guy this guy it's the hacker it's the whatever this movie has the exact same scene with the vampires where it's like this is snowman and this is reinhardt yeah, and this weird is names yeah and i think the only one that act that is actually a character in that group is Ron Perlman? Yeah, character. pretty much. Yeah, I think so too. There's a chick who looks like a uh, Lilu from The Fifth Element, also like with the red hair. I don't know anything about <laughs> I her. Know. I don't know anything about Donnie Yen's the character. The guy with Snow the hammer. Man. Yeah, I don't know. He that just turns guy. into a Reaper and then dies. Yeah, <laughs> I I do love the scene where he like hits the Reaper's head and the neck like snaps. And yeah, so it's running around like that. The, the creature stuff in this movie is the strongest part 
of the like the action and the creature design. I think the effect on like the Reaper mouth is pretty good. I think it, yeah. There might Even be, though like, it looks really gross. One, oh, yeah, but, I mean, that's what Del Toro does the best. I mean, that's what all of his movies are full of. That's why he made a movie about a woman who fucks a fish monster and it won an Oscar. Like, that's... Cause he, only in Hollywood. Only, only with him, also. Like, he's just got this love for creature design that I really appreciate. It's incredible, some of the stuff he comes up with, especially in Pan's Labyrinth. Like, you got the pale man, he's got the <laughs> eyes in his hands and stuff. Like, it's fantastic. I, and, I think one of the really cool scenes in this is when they have, like, that dead reaper and they, like, cut it open yeah, to see its organs. Yeah, there's an like, autopsy. That's really, yeah. Exactly, and it's it's really great because it's all, like, it's not human. It's it's this whole, like, it's a reaper, so it's got, like, a heart that's encased in bones and it's got, like, a tongue and yeah, it has, so like, teeth on the side of its All the reapers are, they have, like, they don't have any of the weaknesses of vampires and other than, like, sunlight or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. So... There's, like, at least explanations for why they're suddenly just immune to all this stuff. Yeah, no, it, ma- it makes enough sense. It's the same way Blade is immune to all that stuff. Except, you know, they do have the one weakness, that's the sunlight. But also, they're immune to normal bullets. But don't forget, they could just use sunblock. Oh my god, Ma- your <laughs> mascara is running. You know, Blade know doesn't fucking explain why Whistler's still alive and he shot himself in the head. He has a flashback to when Whistler shot himself in the head, but there's no actual explanation. Yeah, I don't. I so for <laughs> the un, for the uninformed, Whistler was like tortured by vampires in the last movie, and yeah, if then you, if you if you listen to the last episode, I'm yeah, sure we talked about well, it. Well, yeah, we absolutely did. Where Whistler blows his gut. It's like a really touching scene. He blows his fucking brains out in front of Blade. <laughs> and the first ten minutes of the movie is just him getting him back because he yeah. was a vampire, but now he's not. So apparently, he was kidnapped by vampires in turns into a vampire and then they just immediately are like uh, uh we de-vampire Blade has him. a serum that can turn people which <laughs> it's not vampires I think that serum was in the first movie kind of I think that's kind of what that oh, Karen yeah, character yeah. who just fucking disappeared in this goddamn movie that's what she was working on but it doesn't explain how he shot himself in the head and he was fine like that's never yeah, it's, explained it's, really it's kind of lazy and they like, just wanted whistler back and you like, can't even use the explanation that like oh he was already a vampire when he shot himself so it didn't do anything the guns no. have silver bullets so he would have died <laughs> yeah and there if there was a dumb reference to something like that or he was like oh blade removed the bullets before or whatever or he removed the bullets or whatever like he missed there should, yeah if they said that i would be like that's dumb at least they addressed it in this movie they he, literally have a flashback to exactly. it and still don't explain blade has it has a flashback but then there's no like oh, that's what really happened, or you see what happened after the scene in the first movie. No, it's just, that's what happened, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's just like, remember in the first movie when he shot himself? Oh, well. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he didn't. Didn't happen. Don't, don't worry about it, it's fine. It was all a dream. <laughs> we have enough cool stuff in this movie you won't think about. <laughs> Blade much. 1 was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, you know what? None of it, no reference to Deacon Frost or anything. They no, reference I think, how I think he, they do talk about it, like, once. What do they say? They're not like, he turned himself into a blood tornado or something. Yeah, thank God they didn't. I wish they did. That'd be <laughs> hilarious. Just glossing over stuff. There is the reference to the end of Blade where he's in Russia. He's like, oh, I went to Moscow or whatever to look for you, Whistler, and I found you, and you shot yourself in the head, and just don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Forget about it. Why'd they he even th- take him? <laughs> Whistler? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't fuck it. He's an old man. He's not gonna help. Although, you know what, I was reading the Blade Max imprint, actually, which, you know, Max is, like, the edgy version of Marvel Comics from the early 2000s, like, you got, it's, that's the best Punisher stuff, but Blade Max is famously fine, uh, and I read it, it's only, like, a six-issue run, at least the one I read, 
and they explain in that that there's like vampires like they look for older people because then there's a thing called like retrograding or whatever where the older you are then you like you you age backwards so the older you are the longer you'll live because the longer until you age back into like a normal like a young looking dude and then so that that's how you get a shot of like a baby vampire with a shotgun like because <laughs> he's like a vampire lord from like the 1200s it's dumb but i kind of liked it i'll leave a link to that in the description so everybody can read that <laughs> uh so there's stuff like that but there's nothing like that in this it's just like oh you know he's an old guy but it's fine because you remember him from the first one it's fine we'll just bring him back don't worry about it this had a tie-in video game on ps2 and x original xbox of course it did i watched some gameplay how was it it looks like exactly what you'd think it would be. I mean, it's not its not the worst thing in the world. It's Blade 2 it's on PS2. Game. It's a tie-in <laughs> game. It's fine. It's not its not exactly Spider-Man 2 for PS2, but it's something. It's not exactly pizza time. Oh, can we talk about the, the House of Pain? Two interesting, and that's a great action sequence too. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's Scud having the bet S. You got S having the battle with the the Reaper in the car, and then you got Whistler. He's like sniping or whatever, and you got just a ton of shit going on there. And that's a really fun scene. But uh, two things about that: Michael Jackson <laughs> was gonna have a cameo in there as a vampire pimp. And I would awful. love to see it. I hate that. I, I think don't like that this is the same year that he had a cameo in Men in Black 2 as Agent M. <laughs> and he's like a secret alien or something. <laughs> Can't remember. And also there's a window in there that looks like the Eye of Agamotto. Because uh, Gilmiro del Toro was going to make a Doctor Strange movie. And they were like, no, it's too weird. We'll just make a boring one where his cape is comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they did instead. So. Damaskino's look, who I guess that's like the Nosferatu looking yeah. motherfucker. Uh, based off Count Orlock. Nosferatu, of course, because, you know, Gilmiro del Toro. I don't think it was just based. I think it <laughs> It pretty much literally him. is. It, well, it's him, but it's also based off of the mutants from Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And that sounds weird, but I look these guys up, and it looks a lot like him. Like, Does it? <laughs> it really... They really lifted from that, and that's fun. I like when it's, like, something <laughs> weird like that. It's it's really cool. Uh, and Guillermo del Toro was not very impressed with David S. Goyer, and thought his script was, like, really expository and shit, because it was, and I don't like it. Yeah, it, a little bit. <laughs> uh, also, David S. Goyer is a fucking hack, and I'm gonna tell you why. Remember, you know the last, Like, we last... don't already know yeah, why? Yeah, I, I know, but here's a specific <laughs> example. You know the last, last, last scene of this movie where, like, it's the opening bit where Blade has the f- motorcycle fight, and then there's that guy with the boa and he gets away yeah and then the end of the movie he shows up in like the bunny booth or whatever you call that and then blade's there he's like you think i fucking forgot about you and he stabs him that's a great ending i love that i love that so much that exact thing happens in the crow city of angels which david escoyer wrote like a few years before or like 97 so i guess a couple years before but yeah so it's the exact scene like the exact thing happens in that movie and people just didn't think about it or people did think about clearly that's the only way i even heard about it but it's the same fucking thing david escoyer is a fucking idiot i don't know but i can read uh uh what some some people said some of our trusted listeners said are now (laughs) are now new segment of just like what people think of these no this is gonna be an every week (laughs) thing from now on because i like i like getting other people's opinions Uh, Phil Better, he said that this is his favorite Blade movie. He loves the style that Del Toro brings to the film and the franchise, but the final fight is too CGI for him, but otherwise it's an amazing film. 
Agreed. I agree. I think that Del Toro style, this movie definitely has, like... Okay, can I talk about... Alright, this is my film school corner bullshit uh, thing that I'm gonna go on. So, auteur theory is the theory that the director is the most important part of the filmmaking process. And I think that this movie practices auteur theory a lot more than the first one does, because the first one could have been made by fucking anybody. But this one, you have the like the markings of Guillermo del Toro, you have the creature design, and even though I hate the weird periphery character that brings you into this world you have that too this movie you can tell it's made by a filmmaker with a vision the first one i can you even tell me who directed that first movie like it doesn't it, it nobody knows because it doesn't fucking matter i, I know but it doesn't yeah, matter of course yeah you know. it's not because he's not really anybody and so i agree with phil that i really like the style that he brought to this movie even if i like the first one more this one is a lot more like artistically focused creative and i think focused especially just in the way that it's shot and the stuff that's going on in it. And I think we both agree that the final fight is is too CG. There's Absolutely. a lot of really gross stuff going on in there. A lot of like Resident Evil, Resident Evil style stuff, which the, I think this is the same year the Resident Evil movie came out. And a little bit. There, it, it feels a lot like Resident Evil 4 in particular, which isn't until three years after this movie, I think. Um, but that's great. We talked about, in the first Blade, how there was some like Resident Evil 4 style stuff, and that's one of the best games ever made. So I, yeah. I, I am totally okay <laughs> with people borrowing from that even before it happened. That's totally fine with me. Andy Hughes says that he loves it. Uh, he remembers seeing it for the first time and being like, comic book movies can't be like this because it's 2002. All you really have is X-Men and Blade and the Batman movies. That's kind of what there is. Uh, and he could hardly... Uh, he said some, that he could barely remember any of Blade 1, but he could recite every moment of Blade 2. I'm the opposite. Like, Blade 1 is a movie I could go through and be like, nightclub scene, uh, Blade does a weird jump train or whatever. This movie, I'm like, I th- there's a blood bank and then... At some point, like, there's a face splitty thing, and that's kind of what I remember <laughs> about this movie. He also admits that it's the ultimate style over substance movie, but he doesn't really care, and that's, again, what I was talking about with Del Toro, is, like, there's a lot of, of his style in this, and then the story kind of sucks. Which... Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's pretty much what we were saying earlier, you just turn your brain off. There's yeah. not a whole lot to, like, soak in from the movie, other than, like, this stuff looks pretty But my, cool. my problem with that is, like, it's turn your brain off, but there's also a lot of moving parts to the story that you kind of yeah. have to be aware of. And if you have, like, like, But I feel like as long as you have, like, a basic idea of what's happening, then you're fine. Yeah. You don't really need to get, like, everything about the movie. You just need to know, like, why they're doing what they're doing at that time, and then you're good. I just feel like if I'm going to watch a shut your brain off movie, I want it to be an ultimate shit. Like, I want it to be like Alien vs. Predator, where it's like, you don't really need to pay attention to what's going on. Like, yeah, it's that's, just, that's fair. That's kind of what I look for in that kind of movie. And Andy, just like Phil, also agrees, there's some terrible CGI in it. And yes, I think really everyone is. can agree on that, it's because not, some of the CGI is just... It's real bad. It's real rough. Like, but not even, like, it, rough around the edges. It's just all rough. But <laughs> none of that pertains to the creature effects, which I think are really great. Especially the Reapers. I love the face splitty open design. That's great. That's become quite iconic. I yeah, think and it's... the weird xenomorph mouth. Yeah, there is that. There's, like, a second mouth that kind of comes out. But it's, like, a tongue. It's really weird. Yeah. It's pretty perverse. I kind of like it. Just like how the xenomorph is, like, a walking... It's half dick and half vagina. <laughs> but then that... It's a weird... It's a weird thing. I'll leave it at that. Because... <laughs> I don't want to get into that film theory, but I fucking will if you guys challenge me to it. There are still, like, moments in this movie where Blade was a fucking weirdo like he was in the first movie. I love when he does, like, the kissy thing to the car. Yeah. That's my favorite. That's my favorite Blade moment in this movie, but a lot of the stuff in this, I'm like, it's not as wacky as the first one. Oh, no, but I think there's still... 
little bits like here yeah, and there, there that are like especially towards the start i think and yeah i think it kind of gets more serious as it's it like at along. the very beginning and at like the very end and then like less like <laughs> between that i feel like the beginning and the end were like just full blade is a fucking weirdo <laughs> yeah he is and that's the blade that we love like we, yeah we want weird blade we want we you know what we want we want some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up hill I don't know if there's, like, a solid one soundbite in this movie that I can, like, play throughout this review and be like, that's the Blade that we know and love. It's kind of like, like, Blade is still badass, because Blade is just a badass character in these movies. In the third one, I don't think, I think he looks really tired and old, kind of, even though it's only two years after this one. (laughs) But in these first two movies, he's really, like, a force to be reckoned with, and it's, you know, there isn't as much notable, like, this movie is not as quotable. And a movie being quotable doesn't make it better but it just makes it sometimes it's what you want yeah like i remember in speed when keanu reeves cuts off dennis hopper's head and goes i'm taller i'm taller but i don't remember (laughs) anything in like fucking johnny mnemonic or whatever other one he's in like i the only reason i bring up that is because sometimes a quotable movie and a non-quotable movie can kind of determine how memorable a movie is like you can quote fucking like casablanca or pulp fiction but you can't quote swordfish like like yeah there's, like there's a layer there of if, like if you have pretty much if you have like at least one clever line in your movie it makes it at least a little more memorable yeah because if it at least gives somebody like it gives somebody something to pull out of the movie mm-hmm. this doesn't really have that <laughs> yeah i mean like it doesn't have any lines but i think there's still some cool action stuff that makes it oh memorable. absolutely no i i'm not trying to say that Movies are only good if they're quotable. I just think that that's definitely something. <laughs> you're not that... you're not uh, Ready Player One. No, I'm not. That's my <laughs> least favorite thing in the fucking world, Franny. You know that. Don't tell me I'm Ready Player One. That's my greatest fear. That's specifically why it's, I tell you. Yeah, I know. God damn it. Fuck. We'll have to do an extra episode on. No, Ready I'm not watching it again. <laughs> uh, no, just that referencing. Not not like that referencing yourself is is a thing, but just like being able to see that moment in the first blade that people walked away from were like that's a weird line but i'm always gonna remember that because it's so absurd and then not really putting anything like that in the sequel it's weird to me especially since they're written by the same guy and this one feels a lot more like it was written by i think he just gets worse as time goes on like because <laughs> i i think and i don't think david escoy is like the b- world's biggest prick or anything i think he's fine but i also just don't really trust him <laughs> like it's not like he's my least favorite writer in hollywood but he's just someone that i don't trust that they actually write as much as they say they do and that's a problem <laughs> who me. is your least favorite writer in hollywood Uwe Boll maybe it's not really a thing where I'm like I fucking hate David Escoria with a passion it's just I don't really believe that he writes you don't respect his work no I well I don't I don't even it's not even that I haven't enjoyed a lot of stuff he's worked on it's just I don't believe that he co-wrote The Dark Knight and also co-wrote Batman v Superman like I don't think that happened upset the established order and everything becomes chaos why did you say that name? It's his mother's name. And I think Blade Trinity is going to be the perfect place to talk more about David S. Goyer just because he directed that movie. And so that movie is all him. And that's the everyone's least favorite of the trilogy. <laughs> and so that kind of shows to me that when he's given full artistic control, that bad things happen. And that also makes me not trust him. 
But you'd think that he would see, oh, that was the big moment in the first movie. Should put something like that in the second movie. Not really anything to walk away from. Quotable, except maybe some terrible Norman Reedus stuff. <laughs> but I couldn't even really... Also, he's constantly watching Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, I never understood that. And I love Powerpuff Girls, but there's a lot of it. I think everybody does. It's great. It's a great show, but there's three different scenes where they're watching Powerpuff Girls. There's probably more. Like yeah. anytime there's a TV, there's it's at least probably three has that, Girls that are notable. On. Where it's like an obvious thing. It's like in your face. And they never really mention it. I think, or actually, I think there's like one shot that just focuses on the it show. It does. On, on but the... it's like while Blade and him are talking, and yeah. it's just watching fucking Mojo Jojo or whatever. It, but it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know why it's always in the background. No, it's it's a weird thing, and I don't think anybody who worked on that show worked on this movie. Probably not, because that's a weird thing I to mean, go to. I mean, it's possible. Ron Perlman does a lot of voice acting, so maybe. But, I mean, you know what they say about the Vampire War, Franny. What's that? Do I? The Vampire War never changes. Uh, we had to get one. We had to get, we had to get yeah. one. Yeah. Ron Perlman's in this, so we had to. Yeah. I was worried that we wouldn't. There's a moment when somebody's, one of the fucking boring-ass vampire members is dying. I don't remember which one. But then somebody says, the man without fear, which is Daredevil's tagline. <laughs> like, that's his title. And so, I don't know what that's about, because next year is Daredevil. So, like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> the fuck? It's weird, because it's just like, he doesn't say anything else. He's just like, the man without fear, and that's it. And, He's and that's, Daredevil. That's <laughs> yeah, maybe he was Daredevil. I don't know. That's a weird reference. Um, you know, it's it's totally fine. It's not. It's definitely. It's still. It's still one of the better things we've watched. Yeah, it definitely has some flaws, but I still think it's pretty good. You still like it more than the first. One. I, I think now that we've talked about it a little bit, I don't like it as much as the first one. Mm. But I think it's still pretty close. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's good, but X-Men and Blade are definitely pretty high above it for me so far. But I don't know. I don't think I much had... else is. I, I still don't know how I feel about <laughs> X-Men. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I still have my master list that I've kept since episode one, so... Yeah, I need to start that. I need yeah, to you're gonna forget together. how you yeah, felt I about... Yeah, like, absolutely. I've already forgotten There's no way you'll remember about those Captain America movies. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get on that. Yeah, but... Yeah, for me, X-Men and Blade 1 are still in front of it. But I don't hate Blade 2. I feel like I'm being... It sounds like I'm being overly negative. I'm not totally against it. I think there's great fucking action. I think there's a, a lot of fun stuff in there. It's just that the writing isn't very good. That's I think that's really what the, what I think that's the biggest problem. And it's even worse in Blade Trinity is the thing. And there isn't that cool action to like balance it out. Oh no. So that's one I'm Does Ryan Reynolds help? <laughs> I think he's probably the best part cuz he's really likable. Is he but, that good though? I mean, he's he's doing the Ryan Reynolds thing. If you like that, then yeah, sure. Okay. I don't really. I don't. The thing is, I don't really remember much about it other than the vampire Pomeranian, which I think I've brought up in the last three episodes. <laughs> yeah. But just because that's the Seems one. Like you're really looking forward to that. The one. No, I'm not. It's bad. It looks bad. I think it has the Reaper face. Oh God. And I don't think that's gonna look good on a dog in 2004. <laughs> and it's like a tiny little dog mouth. But that might yeah, not be that's... true. I don't totally remember. Either way, that's. Stay tuned for that. Are we done, or do you have more? Um, this is like a very quick one. <laughs> this is yeah. a super short episode, but I think that was about it. I don't think we really missed anything. No, not there's really. Not a lot to ho- there's not a whole lot to go over. I really enjoy the opening of uh, the blood bank. That's great. How they take him in. Although it's a bit weird where he's like, oh man, you bring that one guy's like, bring your blood in off the street. They'll buy it from you, man. It's 
awesome and it's like uh, it's, that, <laughs> he's from the same school of acting that the guy who goes to the rave in the first blade is from also there's a they like they do another rave in this in the house of pain i'm the cream of the crop i rise to the top i never eat a pig because a pig is a cop jump 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 around but like it's not as intense or good because like there's no there's no such blood a, sprinklers it's such a pg raid like yeah i there's nothing really going on there it's not very good I just remember that somebody snorts, like, red coke at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. And there's, like... <laughs> that was a really random thing those, that never got mentioned. Those vampires, like, put razor blades in each other's mouths and, like, make out. Oh, yeah, that was weird, too. That's kind of hot. <laughs> Not in, like, a human way, but in, like, a... They're drinking each other's blood. Good for them, way. Like, that's very true blood. <laughs> which, yeah. Blood packed. <laughs> which, so- Sookie was an X-Men, so there you go. <laughs> true blood seeping its way into this show. <laughs> I don't know why, but... And, oh, you know what? Another thing in that scene is, like... Oh, and that's a lot like um, wherever they go in the Matrix too. It's a lot like that. There's a similar style thing. Uh, there's that weird shot where they're all doing like the the walk, like the epic walk, like Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, style, course. where they all walk together and in the line, and it's like it's like Reservoir Dogs is like whatever. It's like every action movie ever. Yeah, <laughs> so it's not great. the The fucking title sequence is awful, where it's like shots where it's blades voiceover and he's like oh i was a vampire and then it's like shing 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 sword 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 and i was on the streets but whistler found me shing 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 sword 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 but but now my mother was bitten by a vampire and there's like a bunch of flashbacks to the first movie with a gross filter on it like an x-ray filter. i think maybe take out all the weird sound effects and it wouldn't be as bad forget what you think you know vampires exist still not great it's still a but... bad it's a bad recap yeah it's like it could be a lot better <laughs> you can have one line of dialogue it's like yeah whistler took him in after his mom was bitten by a vampire he's half vampire he doesn't have any of the weaknesses but he's slaying vampires forever that's it that's all you need it didn't you don't have to need be a, a voiceover it could have literally just been like a wall of text it's, like it's... it didn't even have to be that big <laughs> franny dropped his phone like an idiot yeah uh good um but <laughs> it's like and this is a really mean comparison because these movies are nowhere near on the same level but it's like the opening of batman robin where it's like you know it's the batarangs and they're putting them in their pouches or whatever it's clipping on the utility belt and then of course you get the the bat butt and the bat nipples and the bat crotch or whatever but it's like that in the way that's like here's blade's arsenal it's the sword that you remember from the first movie that never does the like splitty open a hand thing like it has it's opened but it doesn't split anyone's hand yeah open. and it's his guns and it's his weird batarang thing which is more inexplicably a batarang in this movie like it's <laughs> it's still awesome though yeah it's still cool but i like more in the first one when he throws it through all those guys in like that weird bathroom looking place <laughs> that not terrible not bad even uh, I just don't know if I would say that it's a great superhero movie and you should go out and watch it, like I would say for the first one. It's good and there's good stuff in it, and I like a lot of the people involved except the writer. But Pretty enjoyable, I not a great superhero movie. I don't think it's great, if I'm honest. I've, I really have been struggling ever since I was watching it last night to form an opinion on it, because there's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of real take-you-out-of-the-movie stuff for me. Yeah, I and I think... And Norman Reedus is awful. Like, 90% of the problems with the movie are just, like, in the writing. Like, yeah. if there was just a better writer, then this could have been fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, the story is, like, 70% of the yeah. movie. So it's kind of kind of got to have a good story. As good as all the, like, monster effects mm. and the action is, 
can't carry a whole movie on no, that. No, definitely not. And I think Hellboy is a lot better. Hellboy is a better version of Blade 2, so if uh, you're walk- if you're looking to walk away with a recommendation, go check out Hellboy from 2004, because <laughs> I think that's a better version of this movie. But yeah, that's I guess that's kind of it. So... Next week, Spider-Man. You've you've seen Spider-Man. If you're yeah, a person who lives in the world, course. you've seen Spider-Man, guys. So, but you know, maybe revisit it so you can be part of the conversation. That Can't wait I- for all the super dated jokes <laughs> in Spider-Man. Yeah, you mean like the nice outfit that your husband made? Yeah, for you? yeah. And if you want, if you want to talk about 9-11 parallelism, there's a lot of like New York got to stick together in that movie. If, I feel like I was gonna say if I remember well. correctly, but I see that movie. I watched that movie like five times a year. So, like, <laughs> uh, I literally just watched this like right before our Far From Home episode a few months ago. So it's like it's still pretty fresh in my head. I've I'm never I'm never not off of watching Spider Man. Like I've always just watched it. So that's great. And I'm really scared about that episode because I feel like it's gonna be like two hours long because <laughs> there's so much to say about it. That is a story for another time. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at... uh, (laughs) I felt so confident about it, too. It's the worst part. (laughs) Don't get too confident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Movie Pod. You can find us on Gmail at MarvelMoviePod at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at FlipDegg. You can find me on Twitter at FlipDegg, but the E and Egg is a three. Uh, Oh, so you can find our Facebook page where there's tons of updates and fun stuff going on. You can, uh, yeah, I I always forget to plug that. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, or if you're listening to this on YouTube, give it a like, subscribe, share it around with all your nerd friends, you lonely nerd. No, you're all right. You probably got friends. More (laughs) friends than we have Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Probably. I got two. Um, I got two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. We got... We got our listeners. That's all we need to get us through. Um, wherever else you're listening to this, leave a nice review. I don't know if you're listening to this on, on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever, especially if you're listening on iTunes, drop us a nice review. Uh, Franny doesn't have any social media because he's a weird troglodyte reaper man who lives in the sewers. That's that's his story. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. But thank you so much. Uh, Franny actually told me after the last episode that he loves you guys and he's gonna stop doing that sign off where he tells all of you to stop listening and that he hates you. Yeah, you know, you know, I don't hate any of you. Yeah, guys, he really fucking Most hates of the you. time. Oh my god. <laughs> he names names. Paul, you're next. <laughs> all right, bye guys. Thank you so much. Don't, 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 don't,